listening to Mystic Fix, a program for the whole being, with Julia Gordon Brammer on News Talk STL. And hello, I'm Julia Gordon Brammer with Mystic Fix. This episode should be a really cool one. The card we're aligning this show with is the Emperor Tarot card. He is all about masculine energy and vision. And with that, I have chosen two male visionaries to learn from today. First, we're talking to Terrence Lamont Bellows, who's in the studio with me. He's the director at the St. Louis School of Metaphysics, and he's going to give us some idea of what that's all about. A little later in the program, we'll meet Tony Cho. I think a lot of spiritual people think that they must forfeit making money for the higher cause, or else they pretend to be more successful than they are, hoping that they'll actually get there. Our guest, Tony Cho, is there, and he is going to tell us his story of success. You'll see he is the epitome of emperor energy with an intensely spiritual base. But first, Terrence Lamont Bellows. He's a director at the St. Louis branch of the School of Metaphysics, which, uh, Terrence, you say you're in your 50th year over there, not you personally, but the school. Um, t- tell us a-, a little bit about what the School of Metaphysics is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm only 44, but <laughs> <laughs> the school has uh, yeah, been around for 50 years. And so it's, a, it's an organization. It's also not-for-profit. Um, so we work toward helping people to understand who they are and we do that through a series of exercises that we teach for class. We call it the Mastery of Consciousness. Mm-hmm. And so it's an opportunity for you to come together with another, uh, you know, few more groups of you know, people. There's different classes that are all week. Um, you have classmates and a specific teacher. And then you're, you, the main thing, the best thing, I think, is that you do receive these exercises that you can do. They're concentration, mental exercises. Uh, spiritual exercises, uh, dream interpretation. Um, it's kind of an opportunity to really walk through your own uh, spiritual nature, understand yourself as a soul, and really feel into who you really are and what you're supposed to be doing on this planet. So what what kind of person joins there? Like, you know, is, is this young, older, all, mm-hmm. all walks? Uh... You know, I, um, I've, myself, I've had experiences over the 15 years that I've been there. I started in 2008. And I've had experiences of teaching um, people who are very young. 16 um, was the youngest person I've ever taught, and 82 is the oldest person I've ever taught. So um, as far as age, it's like that. It's a wide range. You just never know who it's going to be, who will walk through the door, because we just put out flyers, and it depends on what you want to learn in your life. I think there's lots of different opportunities for people uh, to really understand themselves that the School of Metaphysics provides. And so it could be really anybody from any walk of life. Okay. Okay. So you said you have all these classes and, and you told me you have like a, a basic curriculum. Is, is yeah, that right? That's what we call the mastery of consciousness. And so in that class, we, we teach some people, some of my teachers that I've had have liked to call the uh, main three things that we teach, uh, the three jewels of uh, maybe the three jewels of consciousness or the three jewels of the school of metaphysics, which are concentration, meditation, and visualization. And so those are like the main things that we teach throughout this course of study that we call the mastery of consciousness, which has four different cycles. Mm-hmm. And so people start in the first cycle and it's more about just grounding yourself, learning about the physical world, learning about what you can um, do and create 
uh, within the, the physical more and a little bit about dreams and emotions. Uh-huh. And then it goes deeper after that. We go into the second cycle. We go into the third cycle. And we go into the fourth cycle. And we learn about mind. We learn about what our mind really is, how it's different from the brain, and the different levels of consciousness. Could you give us an idea of, of some of these tools and techniques you teach? Yeah. So, um, and I want to make certain that I'm clear that I am a student as well. That's one of the main things that I think is super valuable about the school is that it's a requirement in order for you to be a teacher that you are a student mm-hmm. until you graduate from the, you know, from the course, uh-huh. which um, the amount of time that takes could be different for different people. I mean, aren't we all students uh, forever? I mean, I, I've been reading tarot cards for over 44 years, yeah. and I still am learning with yeah. everything I do. You, yeah. don't, you, you, don't, you never want to think that you're done, uh-huh. right? Yeah, so totally. Yeah, so the students that come are normally people who don't know much about this type of thing, you know, who haven't really looked into it before. And so those exercises that we offer, um, another thing that we offer is we we really would, um, you'd be more well served to be sober um, as yeah. students. So a lot of people are doing different things in the world right now um, to help themselves to be able to see deeper. But this is a course of study where it's really designed for you to be able to do it without any substances. I'm really glad to hear you say that. Uh, and not just because I'm sober, <laughs> but um, but because, uh, y- you know, I- I've always said there's a reason, especially with alcohol, there's a reason they call it spirits. Yes. And and it is a kind of a possession. Mm-hmm. And um, and of course, we're not thinking our most clearly. And, and, it, and it can any sort of drugs can be treated as an escape. Yeah. And while, you know, we probably will have a program down the road on, on some of the hallucinogenic and and some spiritual aspects of that. And I'm not even necessarily opposed to that, but as a day-to-day practice, uh, I don't think... I don't think we need a crutch. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, whether you want to call it God or spirit, it's available to everyone at any time. Um, So so how does the School of Metaphysics treat that? Um, Like, do they call it God or or source? uh, I mean, I most of the time I'm I have a Christian background myself. We do not teach religion in Mm -hmm. the School of Metaphysics. But even, you know, that's a that's an open door. Anybody who wants to come into the school can can arrive there and you only uh, we ask you to only pay $20 a week when you come into the school building for a class each week that you're a student. So it's really accessible to most people in that way. But um, the, the exercises that we teach, you would be able to just focus your attention. It's about focusing your attention. It's about knowing where your attention is uh-huh. and then being able to make decisions from that point rather than what is a kind of a normal thing in the world where we have a lot of thoughts. A lot of people, I think scientists will tell you there's like 50 to, I don't know, maybe even 70,000 thoughts that a human has a day. Yeah, wow. And and most of them are the same. Mm. And so what we want for our students and for our teachers and for the people to come to the school is to be able to recognize your thought patterns and your, what we couldn't call habits. And so we do that through concentration. Uh-huh. So there's concentration exercises that we teach when you first arrive at the school. The first couple of days you're there, you're given an exercise that you do daily. So that's the real benefit also is uh, being a disciplined person with these exercises 
so valuable right yeah. now when everyone's kind of on autopilot right. and just scrolling their feeds yes. and yeah <laughs> yeah the the last thing we're doing is focusing right. i think right yeah so that's a real big first thing and then also knowing what you want in the world so you can call that a goal you could call it an ideal what do you want to create who do you want to be that's a really uh, important focus as well. So when you know how to concentrate, then you can know how to create that goal for yourself that's really going to feed you on a deep level. Cool, cool. So um, the School of Metaphysics is actually uh, a national organization, correct? And and you're the St. Louis chapter of it. Mm -hmm. How how many chapters are there? Right now there's 12 counting our headquarters, which is in a little town called Windyville, Missouri, Uh which is where I'm actually headed um and that's been there like for the most of the 50 years where, where is windyville <laughs> i've never <laughs> even heard of it <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm headed out there this weekend uh for our classes and our events it's our headquarters uh-huh. and i'm not surprised that you haven't heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because <laughs> it's really small but it's it's a mighty place as well it has a lot of uh, positive energy and a, small but mighty small i like mighty, that yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a working organic farm actually it's 1500 acres that we purchased back in the 80s and the school itself started in 1973 and that was in springfield missouri oh. and so they went from springfield to kansas city to columbia to um, st anne i believe was the first school in this area oh wow and so now we're actually in uh maplewood is where our school is uh-huh but we serve this this area the st louis area sure and so we have another school um we have chicago actually we have two schools in suburbs of chicago plus chicago so we have the chicago area um, we're in indianapolis we're also in dallas oklahoma city and tulsa Okay, so our listeners from all over the country, over the country. could benefit from yeah, this. And we're in Columbia, Missouri. Yeah. Wow, yeah. That, that's really that's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about the benefits uh, of this study. You know, have you seen lives changed? Uh, <laughs> how <laughs> yeah. how have people responded? Is this like a certification? I guess. I mean, it is like a certification, but the first part of your question, I think, would be a better um, way of answering. Because the certification that you would receive wouldn't be something that you could take to um, a, a job or a, uh-huh. a, a well, maybe in my line of work you could. Well, I guess it depends, right? Yeah. <laughs> if it was a yeah, I guess it kind of depends. But what happens is you do change. One story that's coming to my mind right now is a, a student that I had actually. Um, his name is Marcus. He actually, um, we were in class, so our classes are evenings normally from around 6 to 10.30, something like that. You come to the class, you come to the school, and you join your teacher and your uh, fellow classmates, and you have class there. And so um, a couple of, about a year and a half ago, uh, we were having class, and he had already been kind of passing out a little bit, kind of uh, stumbling throughout his days for a couple of months. He'd been having this experience. And he thought it was... He didn't think it was much of anything. Maybe, and, and maybe it he was tired. Was not alcohol or drunk. Not alcohol or drunk. He uh-huh. just thought maybe he's just tired or he, he, he didn't really know what was going on. Um, it was obvious that there was something going on. Uh-huh. Right. But he didn't think it was so serious. But we're in class and he actually just fell out one. He stood up and just fell. Oh, my goodness. And almost hit his head on the table. And his brother is actually in the class, uh, was in the class with him at that time. And so his twin brother. And so all three of us at that point, we became pretty concerned. Uh-huh. And so we kind of started to try to figure out what was going on. We set him down and we said, you know what? You need to go to the, to the doctor, you know? So he went and come to find out that he had brain cancer. Whoa. And he was 24 years old, I believe. Oh, my goodness. And so 
I can talk more about what how we understand sickness, but um, in general, that's not a good thing, right? Of course. And it was a, he had a giant tumor on his brain, and so he was able to heal it. Though at this point, right now today, he actually rode over here with me. He's um, He's fully. Oh, that's wonderful. That know? is exciting to hear. And so he was able to use that power. Some people would just call it the power of positive thinking mm-hmm. you know, or just awareness of who you are and what you need to do and what lessons you need to learn. Because that's really how I've come to understand sickness. And that's what we teach in the school mm-hmm. is that there's always something that you as a human, like you said earlier, need to learn. And at some points we it's a lesson. It's a lesson. We run away yeah. from our lessons. Yeah. And so he was probably ignoring a pretty important lesson. OK. But he found out how to how to see through it. Well, yeah. All right. Um. So we just have a couple more minutes, mm-hmm. I believe. But um, can you tell me you're a peace ambassador? I am on that. Yeah. What What is that? <laughs> I, lo- I love the sound of it. Yeah. So one of the ways we work that is if you go to peacedome.org, then you could register for our Zoom that we do every day at 730. We read the what we call the Universal Peace Covenant. So the school has uh, three tenets, which is peace, contentment and security. And that's a, a big focus for us, all three of those. And so the peace ambassador is somebody who takes on the opportunities and champions the possibility of ushering peace into the world in different ways. And so one of the ways that we're doing that is we join together and we have this peace event that we, we you can call it at 7.30 a.m. every day. Today was the 1,053rd day. We started it during COVID and we've done it consistently, Christmas, um, New Year's, even on my birthday, <laughs> nice. You know, we just we continue to uh, read the peace covenant together and spread peace around the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, what about uh, you've got a Dream Awareness Weekend coming up? Yeah, that's um, going to be it, it's the last um, weekend of April. We've been doing that for about twenty seven years as well. That's something that we've been focused on because we learn how to interpret dreams, learn how to go into the inner mind. And understand kind of why are we having this dream and that dream? and What do the images mean? And so we've made a pretty strong focus throughout the years of uh, helping people understand their dreams. Okay. And so, um, uh, Terrence Lamont, how can people reach you if they want to connect or learn more about the school? So you can obviously call 314-645-0036. That's the number for the School of Metaphysics um, in uh, Maplewood. Matter. You can go to peacedome.org or som.org. Okay. Um, and we have classes coming up and, you know, different, lots of different events that you can take advantage of. So those are the two websites. Okay, fantastic. Still ahead, how does one leverage the principles of social capitalism where everyone wins and still makes money? A true emperor and visionary, Tony Cho, is going to tell us when we come back. You're on News Talk STL 1019 and 94.1. You're listening to Mystic Fix with Julia Gordon-Bramer on News Talk STL. And we're back with Mystic Fix on 1019 and 941 News Talk STL. We just had a great conversation with Terrence Lamont Bellows at the St. Louis School of Metaphysics. But now, how does one mix spirituality with business and succeed wildly? You'll find out when we meet the visionary and true emperor, Tony Cho, the founder and CEO of Future of Cities, the founder and chairman of Metro One, co-founder of Magic City Innovation District, the Cho Family Foundation, 
and Chozen Retreat Center, which you may have heard mentioned as the place for our sponsor Kama Flights workshops. What are all these things? Let's find out. Hi, Tony. It's great talking to you. I do each show in accordance with a tarot card and you will be in line with the emperor. And so the emperor is our visionary and our leader and about masculine energy. And I just thought you would be an awesome match for that. And what appeals to me most about you is that you're all of these things, but intensely spiritual as well. So that I, I have your bio in front of me, which I can kind of hit on, on some main points here. But uh, before I get into that, I wondered if you could explain a little in your own words about who you are and, uh, and especially where you came from, because you have a sure. very interesting background. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here with you on your amazing show, Julia. We've come to, you know, know each other in the last few months and have a, had a great experience through your intuitive um, abilities and just your presence, you know, in terms of being able to listen and tune into what people feel. And I think the best quality about a leader, which is not the easiest thing, is actually to be a really good listener. And it's really more of a feminine quality, more than a masculine quality. Um, and I think that that's something that is important in this world is whether you're a man or a woman, we all have masculine and feminine energies within us. And I think it's about that balance. And I think the world is kind of out of balance. It's been way too masculine for a bit too long. And I think that's why we've you know, found ourselves in the current predicament that we're in, the crises that we are experiencing you know, of trust and humanity and the climate and all of it. But I, I, I attribute a lot of my life and my passion to the upbringing that I had in an interfaith, intentional, spiritual community, ashram, that was started by my grandmother in the 70s, who was an American-born Jewish girl from a very poor neighborhood, very poor family, who married young and had my father when she was, you know, 16, 17 years old. And, you know, when she started doing yoga and, and breathing techniques to really lose weight in her 30s, you know, she started having these visions of these spiritual teachers, Neem Karoli Baba, Jesus Christ, Shirdi Sai Baba, many other mystics and spiritual teachers that she had no education or background in. So she went on this journey and this quest, which, you know, to discover who she was and realized through, you know, experiences with Ram Das, teaching with him and others that she was a spiritual teacher who was channeling, you know, this information that needed to be transmitted to people. And she developed a big following. And, and so I grew up in that community, a very progressive interfaith community. And you know, was uh, raised in that community, went to school there. There was a tribe of us growing up of what we call the next generation of that youth. And, you know, many of us, it was a celibate, um, strict, you know, no drugs, no alcohol, no sex community. And we had experienced a lot of death and dying through the AIDS epidemic. And, uh, you know, a lot of people came to Kashi to die, much like in India, they come to the Ganges to be burned. Um, and be cremated and put in the Ganges. So it was a similar concept. And so there was a lot of death and dying. And that was a beautiful and challenging time in my life. And then I really, I, I left and flew the coop, so to speak, and went to college in Northwestern Chicago and quickly realized that that wasn't the 
energy or the community that really resonated with me. You know, I, I moved back to Miami to experience different things and uh, fell in love with the Latin culture, Latin women, Spanish language, and kind of the energy uh, of Miami at that moment in the 90s, which was a very special time, which took me to Argentina to learn Spanish. And I did an exchange program through Northwestern University. And that was when I had my kind of cultural mind opening, worldly expansion, and uh, just fell in love with Argentina at the moment, 1998. That was the year that Madonna was filming Evita and Carlos Menem was president. The dollar and the peso were one to one. And it was like 1999, literally, it was like a Prince song, the whole thing, because everything was kind of <laughs> artificially inflated. And it was just fun. Imagine a 19 year old kid grew up sleeping on the ashram floor. Next thing you know, is running around South America, you know, having a time of my life and um, living with an Argentine family, Argentinian family, eating meat, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, really good meat to have in Argentina. And I called my grandmother, the guru, and I said, listen, um, I've got bad news for you. I said, um, I'm moving to Argentina and I'm dropping out of school and I'm eating meat and uh, you're going to have to deal with it, basically. <laughs> and she lost her, yeah, she lost her mind and she was very upset. And she basically at that point told me that she was going to cut me off financially and excommunicate me from the community and really wanted to um, demonstrate her force and, and her, her power, you know, control. And I, at that point I said, I'm going to do it on my own. I want to do it on my own. I wanted to find myself and, you know, basically be my own person. And, uh, so I went looking for a job and almost instantaneously I stumbled upon this really, I didn't have a penny to my name at that point, by the way, I was, you know, very, um, determined and also scared at that time, because I just, you know, I was basically abandoning my entire life, my community you know, to basically prove my independence. And um, ironically, within, you know, hours, I was in, you know, I stumbled upon this restaurant lounge hotspot in Buenos Aires called Bar Danson. And I met the owner and we hit it off instantly. And she hired me on the spot to be the host of this super happening lounge restaurant at the time in Buenos Aires. And the first week I'm working there, Madonna comes in with the president and I meet basically the who's who of Latin America and Argentina. And oh my that's goodness. my new life just took off from there. And from there, wow. I started doing nightlife in Miami, New York, traveling around the world to film festivals in Cannes and Sundance. And you talk know, about just being guided by spirit, you know, <laughs> that is really fascinating. And, and so how did it how did you cycle back to kashi then because your kashi and and the chosen retreat center are are they're not you know they're neighbors correct yeah and and, and you're back in that life somewhat i mean not in an ashram but right. but so uh, it's just i mean life yeah. goes full circle you know this is florida and you know this land where the ashram is is as my indigenous land and well, what happened was, is I met my, my love of my life, my wife, Jimena, who you know, and um, we actually met 23 years ago or, or more in nightlife in South Beach. You know, she used to go out when she was in her late teens and I knew her and I always had a little crush on her, but I never, never, we never really connected on a romantic level until many years later, about 14 years ago, 
2009, I think, yeah, 2009. And um, she didn't know anything about my background. She only knew me as a nightlife promoter. She didn't know about the ashram. She didn't know my career in real estate at that time. And we ran into each other um, outside of a party in Wynwood of a friend of ours during an art walk. And we just started talking and it was like this instant connection. And she started telling me about that she was gonna go to this ashram in central Florida, but she didn't know that I was connected to it at all. And I was somewhat estranged and distant at that moment because I went through my rebellious phase and I was wanting to be independent. And, you know, ashrams weren't as cool back then as they are now. And there's a lot of, you know, criticism and judgment around, you know, communities and things. And, you know, the ashram wasn't with, and my grandmother wasn't without controversy, you know, some justified, some not justified. And, you know, she was she was a controversial woman, much the same as I'm a controversial speaker. You know, and as all things. change makers are, right? I mean, right. if you're if you're afraid of making waves, you're not going to accomplish much in this world. I don't think. Yeah, if you're not if you're not making waves, then you know you're not really living. I think you have yeah. to really, you know, you have well, to go on a limb. So then, so then, you know, within a couple of weeks, basically, Jimena and I found ourselves at the ashram and she met my grandmother and my grandmother fell in love with her. And she ultimately ended up marrying us four months before she was diagnosed and passed away quickly um, mm -hmm. by pancreatic cancer. Mm -hmm. And so about that was about 11 years ago, almost exactly April 13th. So after my mom's passing, you know, we just wanted to get a property close to the ashram so that when we wanted to come and bring people, we could. And so um, we bought this property about eight years ago, nine years ago, that um, it was adjacent to the ashram. It's actually the photo in my back. That's what I'm looking at outside my window. That's the St. Sebastian River Preserve, and it's a 22,000 acre nature preserve, which is the one, one of the most biodiverse lagoon systems in North America. We have dolphins and manatees and wild boar and otter and all kinds of bird life and sea life. And uh, we can go out to the ocean from here. We can go to the ashram from here. So we call it a Florida safari. And it really, you know, at first we chosen wasn't really a concept. It was just our house. And we called chosen basically the Cho farmhouse because we wanted to grow our own food. And you know, I've been always passionate about sustainability and sustainable living. And so about we added some domes to the property because it's like, you know, we're in a, we're in this in paradise. And, and um, about six years ago, we had an incredible retreat where we invited change makers and thought leaders from all over the world, 40 of them fully gifted. And people came from China, people came from Europe, people came from everywhere. It was called time and space. And it was really something that was absolutely spectacular and transformed people's lives created partnerships and unions and all things came out of that from that simple act of gifting the gift of nature. And at that moment, we knew people were transformed and the world would be transformed. We knew that this place was a healing center. And at that moment, that's when Chosen was born. It was like six Wonderful. years ago. And the logo kind of came organically through a mystic who drew it in the sand. And, um, and yeah, so it's yeah. been... Uh, quite a journey and we've hosted Boy. some incredible people throughout the years here and it's really our our home with a glamping camp behind it but nature is is the guru nature is this the teacher and, and it, that's it's what's worth, beautiful it's worth mentioning that chosen is also the home of 
the workshops, the Comma Flight workshops, which is our, our sponsor. So our, our mutual yes. Roland. Yes. We love uh, Comma Flight. Yeah. Uh, um, Tony, I wondered if you could tell us about some of your other projects. I mean, the future of cities blows my mind. When I looked at your website and saw what you and are, you know, as a visionary, right. And changing these urban environments. Tell, tell us about that a little bit. So what's really interesting is I grew up in nature on an ashram, you know, but I have a pension and a passion for community and culture and cities are like a, an ecosystem and an organism that is sick and failing. The infrastructure is failing humanity, but the world's populations you know, now 50% of the world's population live in cities. And in the next 30 years, 73% will live in cities. And there's this mass migration into cities that are not prepared for it. And in order for us to protect biodiversity and, you know, mother nature, we need to go up and not out horizontally. You know, we need to go up vertically, but in a smart way that integrates this experience that we have in nature, but while we're in cities. So we need to provide people with basic unalienable rights, like clean air, clean water, mental well-being, free access to education and internet. And so there's many principles behind the work that we're doing at Future of Cities. And we're, we're co-creating and open sourcing a new sustainable development framework called regenerative placemaking, which combines regenerative development theory with creative placemaking practices to really create environments, communities, and neighborhoods that create equity and inclusion and sustainability that is a new model forward that's more like social capitalism than traditional capitalism in a way. And it's leveraging public-private partnerships, demonstration projects, and a framework that's interoperable and adaptable that any city, community, whether it's small or large, or an eco-village. We're working with Regen Villages, for example, on an operating system for communities that incorporate you know, being self-sufficient, producing your own food, water, energy, lights, all of it. You know, most cities are food deserts. How do we make them into food forests? So all of these concepts, you know, that, you know, we want to impact the lives of a billion people through innovation in the built environment. That's our big, hairy, audacious idea. But it's not that we're going to be developing all these communities. We're inspiring the community leaders to co-design their best outcomes. That's yeah. the premise behind regenerative placement. It's not about... Tony Cho or Future of Cities putting their flag in the sand. It's how do we accelerate this transition, this conscious uprising? And it excites me how you're talking about conscious capitalism. Like it's really finding a place of peace between two sides that there's a lot of animosity normally. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it just making it, it's a win-win. And I just think that's beautiful. And if we could you know, take the time to think more that way, uh, we would have a much better world <laughs> overall. Um, you're also involved in uh, Metro One, which is a, a real estate investment brokerage management development That was firm. my first company. Yeah, I started okay. 18 years ago. That was how I got into business in Miami after, real after nightlife, got my real estate license, and I started working with artists and creatives and the creative class in Miami's urban core, and became pretty much the pioneer of urban core real estate, where we're kind of revitalizing underserved communities, leveraging art and culture to inspire right. revitalization and business development 
That that brings us to the Magic City Innovation District in Little Haiti, correct? Correct. But before that, I was really working deeply with the Wynwood Arts District and the Business Improvement District, of which I was a co-founder. And really what was interesting is to see a group of aligned leaders, even though they were competitors in real estate development and opportunities, we all came together and galvanized around a vision for a creative district that really uplifted creativity and artists and independent brands. And so our company, Metro One, it, it, you know, our, our tagline is we shape neighborhoods because we curate, you know, we work, we've done about $4 billion in non-institutional deals with small independent craft brands like, you know, Zach the Baker and Panther Coffee and Junior and Hatter, all of these independent tastemakers that make up the heart and soul of Main Street. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, and, and finally, there's the Cho Family Foundation. <laughs> you, you don't stop. <laughs> well, I mean, it's all part of an ecosystem. I, I don't look at them all as separate. I look at all of our um, businesses. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a serial entrepreneur focused on impact. And so I don't operate all the businesses. We have a partner in Metro One now. I mean, I, I started it and I'm involved as a chairman, as an advisor, business development person. But, you know, it's a more I'm more passive in that. I mean, Future of Cities is my main focus now from a, an operational. I'm the CEO of Future of Cities. And then I have my family office that invests in various different things like Caravana, the clothing brand um, that is all over the world that promotes also indigenous artisan women um, clothes makers and uh, culture. And I think that that's beautiful as well. So we really invest in things that we believe in that were value aligned and that are within an ecosystem that supports I mean, I'm wearing the clothing now. So, I mean, I feel everything I do, this is an artist friend of mine, Hebe Kozo, that does a lot of sacred geometry. And so everything that we have is kind of tied into one another. And the foundation is really focused on land conservation, environmental stewardship, very connected with chosen. Um, and we support and, and indigenous causes. My wife has spent a lot of time in the Amazon, Brazilian, Peruvian, Colombian Amazon. And we're really passionate about indigenous leaders as they represent, you know, only three or 4% of the world's population, but they steward 80 to 85% of the global biodiversity. We have a lot to learn from indigenous people. And so even in future of cities, seven generation planning, which is an indigenous concept where you look three generations ahead and three generations behind, what would your ancestors do? And what would your future ancestors do essentially to really plan, not just how do I get instant gratification or satisfaction? How do we plan for seven generations of success? And it's just a different mindset, you know? And so, yeah, so all of it tied in and we've supported in, in Florida Path of the Panther, which is really advocating for protecting a lot of wild Florida through the Florida Wildlife Corridor, which has already conserved over 17 million acres of wildlife corridor where the Florida panther can roam from the top of the state down to the bottom. Oh, and that, so that really gets my heart. I love the big cats. <laughs> me too. Well, Tony, you are a model of, uh, of combining spirituality with that vision, with, with that emperor energy. And, uh, and I'm just so honored to, to know you and, uh, and excited to one day work with you down in the Chosen Retreat Center. And, uh, and yeah, so I, thank you for your time. 
We very much appreciate this and uh, we'll be talking to you again. Thank you. I'm looking forward to your retreat at Chosen where we're talking about, you know, intuitive mysticism coming into the into the fold because I'm a Excellent. big believer. <laughs> Thanks so much. Coming up in our next segment, everyone's favorite tarot card readings by yours truly. You're listening to News Talk STL 1019 and 941. You're listening to Mystic Fix on News Talk STL. Mystic Fix is sponsored by Comma Flight, redefining the dance between the masculine and feminine. Kama Flight is a somatic movement practice merging yoga, meditation, and massage. Workshops in 2023 are at the Chosen Retreat Center in Sebastian, Florida. For more, visit Kama Flight on Instagram at K-A-M-A-F-L-I-G-H-T. Our spiritual journey tonight will begin. Can't outrun your fate. Let me tell you about you. I know who you are, what you are, and why you have come. Take a good look at these cards, young man. They contain all the secrets of the universe. What does it say? So I'm talking to to Nicole today. Um, I believe in New York City, is that right? That's right. I am in the Big Apple. Awesome. So what's your question today, Nicole? So my question is actually about career. Okay. I work in outside sales and I'm a rep for a pretty well-known company and I am just kind of, there's been a lot of um, stylists in the industry that have been sort of, you know, sad about how not busy they are. And so I am just really curious about career and the big picture of that. Okay. Let me kind of tune in. Okay. So I see times are hard right now. Um, We begin with the page of pentacles in reverse, which is saying you're not even sure you're going to keep in this direction. Uh, The the Mm -hmm. pentacles are like the gold coin, you know, in in career, they're money. Um, And right now we've got the five of pentacles in the present day, which is saying, yikes, Uh, you know, inflation's hitting you and, uh, and things are, are, you know, just very high priced and, Uh, And you're feeling poor. Um, However, it does look like within the next three months, you are having a real shift here. Uh, Your next card is the sun. And so, you know, sometimes the sun can be like spring and summer influences. But the idea is that that you're happier, that things are brighter. (laughs) Uh, It can also be a card of the spotlight, which is really cool. So... Um, I would say it's a very good three months for you to be in the spotlight in some way. Uh, you know, get online, get those cameras on you. But yeah, the sun, the sun card is one of my favorite cards. It mine and too. I, I think that was the first card I fell in love with with the tarot. Um, your top it's such card, a beautiful card. Yeah, and your top card yeah. here is even better. Your top card, Nicole, is the Wheel of Fortune. 
So I am really, really not worried about you. The energy of this year, and you know, the top card I, I look at you of um, what I, what we call the horseshoe spread, where it all kind of goes to this this point, this top card, mm-hmm. and for a career. To have the point be wheel of fortune, you know, hello, <laughs> you want that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I do think that the money is coming and even coming this year. Uh, you're in the hardest time right now with this five of pentacles that you've got. But uh, but I'm feeling very good uh, for your career sooner rather than later. Uh, you've got the ace of wands, which is creative energy. And it is saying that within the next six months, you're, you're kind of re- revived you know it's like uh it's like uh, enthusiasm um sometimes ideas can be part of that and and i just see you kind of like yes a new beginning <laughs> so feels really good uh hang in there i i would i would be very sad if you quit doing what you're doing because it is great um now you have an interesting uh shift with the 10 of cups in reverse where you work Ooh. it seems like there's it feels almost like family drama where you work. So it could be that there's a reorganization. It could be uh, that people aren't necessarily getting along in the company in some way. Um, and my only concern with that is your final card here is the Ten of Swords in reverse, which is saying you're taking it on yourself. You're like um, picking up the blame or, or feeling bad or, or guilty or wrong about something, um, which is to me feels like just drama, kind of you're, you're being pulled into unnecessary drama and you're owning it, which I would suggest you don't. <laughs> but <laughs> you're going to do just great if you can give it another three to six months, just that short of time. You know, that is so valid. Like, this is just literally so validating. Oh, like, good. Thank you. Oh, you're I very mean, welcome. You're very welcome. I'm delighted to, to read for you. So maybe we'll talk that to you again. Definitely. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Nicole. That was literally, thank you. <laughs> okay, have a great day. <laughs> Bye-bye. You too. Is this Trina? Yes, it is. <laughs> well, hi there, Trina. This is Julia from Mystic Fix. Hi, Julia. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, do you have a question for me? Yes. Any about my love life all right so are we looking at any person in particular or just love in general just love in general oh trina it looks like you have had some headaches around love um so (laughs) (laughs) so you know we start with the Eight of Pentacles, which is a card of work, and your focus and attention is mainly on work as your first card, not not on love. Um, that's fine. You know, you got to take care of yourself, uh, but you may be giving work the priority. Now, you do have in your uh, environment here, you have a Knight of Swords, so uh, there's a good guy kind of around you, if not right now in the very near future. Um, he is a knight, not a king, which just tells me he's sort of moving through, doesn't necessarily want to settle down. Uh, not a bad guy at all, but he might be, you know, maybe a little on the younger side or certainly not on the commitment side. That's the problem. 
Uh, you have showing what you know is the eight of wands in reverse, which is like communication breakdowns and difficulties. And this may be just kind of around the kind of men you attract. Um, it may be that, you know, you're just drawn to men who don't communicate, <laughs> something like that. And so we've got the Nine of Swords in reverse as your top card here. Uh, when I say the top card, it's sort of the energy of the whole year. And um, it is about healing these headaches and heartaches. So if the Nine of Swords has to show up, I'm really glad to see it's upside down, which is what I mean by in reverse. But um, so you're, you're moving past some of the, the nightmares with the communication difficulties, with the guys who don't want to commit that sort of thing. Now, very interestingly, in the next six months, I see someone from your past coming back around to give you love. That's the Six of Cups. And it looks nice, and yet I see you're not interested in him, at least not in a romantic way. Um, we've got the Four of Cups next, which is someone offering you love, and you're like, eh, I don't think so. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I see you holding out for the chariot. And Trina, I think this is great because the chariot is driven and ambitious and reaches his or her goal. Um, this time next year, you feel that love is going in the right direction. That's another uh, meaning of the chariot. But it looks like it's going to take that long. And part of it is you're still healing some stuff and you're still working out the communication difficulties and you're really working on choosing a better man, choosing uh, somebody who's going to stick around and wants to settle down and not, not these knights who are just riding through. Okay. 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 So I hope Sounds that was helpful. Good. <laughs> good, good. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Thank you. Bye.